0: Read the next chapter! Read the next chapter! Chapter 19. Christmas Eve. It had snowed all day, and soft, large flakes were still falling. The winds were quiet, so that the snow lay deep on the ground. And Pa took the shovel with him when he went to do the evening chores. Well, it's a white Christmas, he said. Yes, and we're all here and all well, so it's a merry one, said Ma. The surveyor's house was full of secrets. Mary had knitted new warm socks for Pa's Christmas present. Laura had made him a necktie from a piece of silk she found in Ma's scrap bag. Together in the attic, she and Carrie had made an apron for Ma from one of the calico curtains that had hung in the shanty In the scrap bag, they found a piece of fine white muslin. Laura had cut a small square from it, and secretly, Mary had hemmed the square with her fine stitches and made a handkerchief for Ma. They put it in the apron pocket. Then they had wrapped the apron in tissue paper and hidden it under the quilt blocks in Mary's box. There had been a blanket striped across the ends in red and green. The blanket was worn out. But the striped end was good, and from it, Ma had cut bed shoes for Mary. Laura had made one and Carry the other, seaming and turning and finishing them neatly with cords and tassels of yarn. The shoes were hidden carefully in Ma's bedroom so that Mary would not find them. Laura and Mary had wanted to make mittens for Carrie, but they had not had enough yarn. There was a little white yarn, "'and a little red and a little blue, "'but not enough of any color to make mittens. "'I know,' Mary said. "'We'll make the hands white "'and the wrists in red and and blue strips.' "'Every afternoon, "'while Carrie was making her bed in the attic, "'Lara and Mary had knitted as fast as they could. "'When they heard her coming downstairs, "'they hid the mittens in Mary's knitting basket. "'The mittens were there now, finished.' Grace's Christmas present was to be the most beautiful of all. They had all worked together at it in the warm room, for Grace was so little that she didn't notice. Ma had taken the swan's skin from its careful wrappings and and cut from it a little hood. The skin was so delicate that Ma trusted no one else to handle it. She sewed every stitch of the hood herself, but she let Lara and Carrie piece out the lining of scraps of blue silk from the scrap bag. After Ma sewed the swan's down hood to the lining, it would not tear again. Then Ma looked again in the scrap bag and chose a large piece of soft blue woolen cloth that had once been her best winter dress. Out of it, she cut a little coat. Lara and Carrie sewed the seams and pressed them. Mary put the tiny stitches in the hem at the bottom, then on the coat, Ma sewed a collar of the soft swan's down, and put the narrow swan's down cuffs on the sleeves. The blue coat trimmed with white swan's down, and the delicate swan's down hood, with its lining as blue as Grace's eyes, were beautiful. It's like making dolls clothes, Laura said. Grace will be lovelier than any doll, Mary declared. Oh, let's put them on her now, Carrie cried, dancing in her eagerness. But Ma had said the coat and the hood must be laid away until Christmas, and they were. They were waiting now for tomorrow morning to come. Pa had gone hunting. He said he intended to have the biggest jackrabbit in the territory for the Christmas dinner, and he had. At least he had brought home the very biggest rabbit they had ever seen. Skinned and cleaned and frozen stiff, it waited now in the lean-to to to be roasted tomorrow. Pa came in from the stable, stamping the snow from his feet. (coughs) Stamping the snow from his feet. He broke the ice. He broke the ice from his mustache and spread his hands in the warmth above the stove. Whew, he said. This is a humdinger of a cold spell. "'for the night before Christmas. "'It's too cold for Santa Claus to be out.' "'His eyes twinkled at Carrie. "'We don't need Santa Claus. "'We've all been,' Carrie began, "'and then she clapped her hand over her mouth "'and looked quickly to see if Laura and Mary "'had noticed how nearly she had told their secrets. "'Pa turned around to warm his back "'in the heat from the oven, "'and he looked happily at them all. "'We're all snug undercover anyway, so. "'Ellen and Sam and David are warm and comfortable too.' and I gave them an extra feed for Christmas Eve. Yes, it's a pretty good Christmas, isn't it, Caroline? Yes, Charles, it is, said Mom. She set the bowl of hot cornmeal mush on the table and poured out the milk. Come now and eat. A hot supper will warm you quicker than anything else, Charles. At supper, they talked about other Christmases. They had had so many Christmases together, and here they were again, all together, and warm, and happy, and fed, Upstairs in Laura's box, there was still Charlotte, the rag doll from her Christmas stocking in the big woods. The tin cups and the pennies from Christmas in Indian territory were gone now, but Laura and Mary remembered Mr. Edwards, who had walked 40 miles to Independence and back to bring those presents from Santa Claus. They (coughs) they never had heard of Mr. Edwards since he started alone down the Verdigris River, and they wondered what had become of him, wherever he is let's hope he's as lucky as we are, said Pa. Wherever he was, they were remembering him and wishing him happiness. And you're here, Pa, Laura said. You're not lost in a blizzard. For a moment, they all looked silently at Pa, thinking of that dreadful Christmas when he had almost not come home, and they feared he never would. Tears came into Ma's eyes. She tried to hide them, but she had to brush them away with her hand. They all pretended not to notice. It's just thankfulness, Charles, Ma said, blowing her nose. And Pa burst out laughing. That was the joke on me, he said, starving to death for three days and nights, and eating the oyster crackers and the Christmas candy, and all the time I was under the bank of our own creek, not a hundred yards from the house. I think the best Christmas was the time there was Sunday school Christmas tree, said Mary. You're too little to remember, Carrie, but oh, how wonderful that was. It wasn't really as good as this one, Laura said, because now Carrie is old enough to remember, and now we have Grace. There was Carrie. The wolf didn't hurt her, and there on Ma's lap sat the littlest sister, Grace, with her hair the color of sunshine and eyes as blue as violets. Yes, this is the best after all, Mary decided. And maybe next year, there'll be a Sunday school here. The mush was gone. Pa scraped the last drop of milk from his bowl and drank his tea. Well, he said, we can't have a tree, for there isn't so much as a bush on Silver Lake. We wouldn't want one anyway, just for ourselves, but we can have a little Sunday school celebration of our own. There. He went to get his fiddle box, and while Ma and Laura washed the bowls and the pot and set them away, he, to- he tuned the fiddle and rose into the bow. Frost was thick on the window panes, and frost-, and, f- and frost furred the cracks around the door. Thickly against the clear upper edges of the window panes, the snowflakes fluttered. But lamplight was bright on the red and white tablecloth, and the fire glowed behind the open draughts of the stove. We can't sing so soon after eating, said Pa, so I'll just limber up the fiddle. Merrily he played away down the river on the Ohio, and why chime the bells so merrily, and jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-hoss open sleigh. Then he stopped and smiled at them all. Are you ready to sing now? The voice of the fiddle changed. It was going to sing a hymn. Pa played a few notes. Then they all sang. Yes, a brighter morn is breaking. Better days are coming on. All the world will be awakening in a new and golden dawn. And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. And he will teach us, will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. The fiddle's voice wandered away. Pa seemed to be playing his thoughts to himself, but a melody grew out of them and throbbed softly until they all joined in and sang. The sun may warm the grass to life, the dew the drooping fa- flower, and eyes grow bright and watch the light of autumn's opening hour. But words that breathe of tenderness and smiles we know are true, are warmer than the summer time brighter than the dew it is not much the world can give with all its subtle art and gold and gems are not the things to satisfy the heart but oh if those who cluster round the altar and the hearth have gentle words and loving smiles how beautiful the earth through the music Mary cried out what's that that. what Mary Pa asked I thought I heard Listen, Mary said. They listened. The lamp made a tiny purring sound, and the coals settled a little in the stove, past little flakes, past the little space above the white frost on the windows. Falling snowflakes twinkled in the lamplight shining through the glass. What did you think you heard, Pa asked? It sounded like there it is again. This time, they all heard a shout. Mm -mm. Out in the night, in the storm, a man shouted, and shouted again quite near the house. Ma started up. Charles, who on earth? Read 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 the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter, read the next chapter. Chapter 20 the night before Christmas. Pa laid the fiddle in its box and opened the front door quickly. Snow and cold swirled in, and again a husky voice shouted, Hello, Ingalls! It's Boast, Pa cried. Come in, come in! He snatched his coat and cap, jerked them on, and went out into the cold. He must be nearly frozen, Ma exclaimed and she hurried to put more coal on the fire. From outside came voices and Mr. Boast's laugh. Then the door opened and Pa called. Here's Mrs. Boast, Caroline. We're going to put up the horses. Mrs. Boast was a great bundle of coats and blankets. Ma hurried to take her, to help her take off layer after layer of wrappings. Come to the stove. You must be nearly frozen. Oh, no, a pleasant voice answered. The horse was warm to sit on, and Robert wrapped me so tightly in all these blankets the cold couldn't reach me. He even led the horse so my hands would be under cover. This veil is frozen just the same, said Ma, unwinding yards of frosted woolen veil from Mrs. Boast's head. Mrs. Boast's face appeared, framed in a fur-edged hood. Mrs. Boast did not look much older than Mary. Her hair was soft brown, and her long-lashed eyes were blue. Did you come all this way, on horseback, Mrs. Boast, Ma asked her. Oh, no, only about two miles. We were coming in the bobsled, but we got stuck in the snow, in a slow. The team and the sled fell down through the snow, she said. Robert got the team out, but we had to leave the sled. I know, said Ma. The snow drifts over the top of the tall, slow grass, and you can't tell where the slow is but the grass underneath won't hold up any weight. She helped Mrs. Boast out of her coat. Take my chair, Mrs. Boast, it's the warmest place, Mary urged her. But Mrs. Boast said she would sit beside Mary. Pa and Mr. Boast came into the lean-to with a great stamping of snow from their feet. Mr. Boast laughed, and in the house everyone laughed, even Ma. I don't know why, Lars said to Mrs. Boast. We don't even know what the joke is, but when Mr. Boast laughs... Mrs. Boast was laughing, too. It's contagious, she said. Laura looked at her blue laughing eyes and thought that Christmas would be jolly. Ma was stirring up Biscuit. How do you do, Mr. Boast, she said. You and Mrs. Boast must be starved. Supper will be ready in a jiffy. Laura put slices of salt pork in the frying pan to parboil, and Ma set the biscuits in the oven Then Ma drained the pork, dipped the slices in flour, and set them to fry, while Laura peeled and sliced potatoes. I'll raw fry them, Ma said to her low in the pantry, and make milk gravy and a fresh pot of tea. We can make out well enough for food, but what will we do about presents? Laura had not thought of that. They had no presents for Mr. and Mrs. Boast. Ma whisked out of the pantry to fry the potatoes and make the gravy. "'and Laura set the table. "'I don't know when I've enjoyed a meal more,' said Mrs. Boast, "'when they had eaten. "'We didn't look for you until spring,' said Pa. "'Winter is a bad time to make such a drive.' "'We found that out,' Mr. (laughs) Boast answered. "'But I tell you, Ingalls, "'the whole country is moving west in the spring. "'All Iowa is coming, "'and we knew we must be ahead of that rush "'or some claim jumper would be on our homestead. "'So we came, weather or no weather.' "'You should have filed on the homestead last fall. "'You'll have to rush it in the spring "'or you'll find no land left.' "'Pa and Ma looked soberly at each other. "'They were thinking of that homestead "'that Pa had found. "'But Ma only said, "'It's getting late, "'and Mrs. Boast must be tired.' "'I am tired,' Mrs. Boast said. "'It was a hard drive, "'and then to leave the sled "'and come on horseback through the snowstorm. "'We were so glad to see your light, "'and when we came nearer, "'we heard you singing.' You don't know how good it sounded. You must take Mrs. Boast in with you, Caroline, and Boast and I will bunk down here by the fire, Pa said. We'll have one more song, and then all you girls skedaddle. He raised the fiddle again from its nest in the box and tried it to see if it was in tune. What'll it be, Boast? Merry Christmas everywhere, said Mr. Boast. His tenor voice joined Pa's bass Mrs. Boast's soft alto, and Laura's soprano, and Mary's followed, and Ma's contralto, and Carrie's little treble piped up happily. Merry, merry Christmas everywhere, cheerily it ringeth through the air. Christmas bells, Christmas trees, Christmas odors on the breeze. Why should we so joyfully sing with grateful mirth? See the sun of righteousness beams upon the earth. Light for weary wanderers, comfort for the oppressed, He will guide his trusting ones into perfect rest. Good night, good night, they all said. Ma came upstairs to get Carrie's bedding for Pa and Mr. Boast. Their blankets are sopping wet, she said. You three girls can share one bed for the night. Ma, what about the presents, Laura whispered. Never mind, I'll manage somehow, Ma whispered back. Now go to sleep, girls, she said aloud. Good night, sleep tight. Downstairs, Mrs. Boast was softly singing to herself. Light for weary wanderers. Read the next chapter, read the next chapter, chapter. read the next chapter.